Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for black women by black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. Thank you so much for joining. This is the safe space for black women to join and talk about mental health, anxiety, um, and everything that comes with the mental health space. Um, Today we have two very special guests on. I'm super excited uh, to introduce you guys. Uh, We'll get into the episode in just a second. Um, I'm your host, Ashley, and if you are not following Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, hop on Instagram, follow us at Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. So um, today we are meeting with Farah and Maz. Yes. We are at the Brown Box, and this is actually the first episode ever that we are filming live with our guests. Oh wow! Yes. Oh wow! Special. Special. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, this is our second podcast in the store. Actually, yeah. like Maz did the first one, so this is our second. So yeah. more to come. I'm so excited. Thank you for having us. Yes. Yes. Thank you for having us. Like, I really appreciate <laughs> you guys opening up your space. Um, we are inside of this beautiful shop. I mean, the aesthetic is amazing. Like there's brick on the wall, there's plants everywhere. There's like beautiful products in jars. There's like lots of candy. I'm staring at hella gummy worms right now. <laughs> I can't wait till we wrap it up so that I can try stuff. But um, yeah, we're really excited. So can you guys tell us a little bit about Brown Box and yeah, how you guys came up with it? So my name is Maz, um, I'm a 20 year old 29-year-old chef and entrepreneur. Um, Brown Box was initially a food business only, um, and we started getting into um, infused food maybe two uh, two years into the business. So since, since about, I would say the end of 2017, we started doing a lot of cannabis dinner parties um, and just kind of went from there. I started making edibles, and it just kind of shot. You know, it just kind of went. It was a great idea, so... I just kind of stayed in that space because I was trying to find a lane for myself in the chef world because it is very competitive and I didn't want to do baby showers for the rest of my life. So um, I just tried to make a lane for myself. And so I've been doing um, cannabis food ever since. And maybe, I don't know, maybe like and maybe like sometime in 2019 a lot of people started telling me about CBD and my friend opened a shop in the city called Comeback Daily shout out to Steve Um, and he was the first one to really educate me on CBD and um, also my customers they're like you need to have CBD this whatever so when it became a huge demand I ended up opening the store because they knew brown box from cannabis in general i decided to make brown box like just the general group name and my cannabis food i turned we turned the company name into brown box kitchen so that made a little more sense and so now i'm operating um both businesses they're totally separate businesses um obviously for legal reasons and things like that but um they're going great, and I've been doing it ever since. Um, I am a chef in real life, so I still dibble and dabble in cooking, but I do this 100% of the time. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, Farah, how did you like come into the, the Brown Box family? Oh, 
Well, this is, this I, is her favorite story. I love <laughs> telling this story. Um, so um, in 2016, um, I started a blog, like I Am Baby Dinosaur, kind of like geared towards like cannabis wellness. Um, you know, just speaking about, you know, like my experiences with cannabis. Um, you know, I used to just do like quick bites, um, like 15 minute bites that you can just kind of do as a parent. And then um, I think just through Instagram, I found like brown box first and then I found Moz. And I just didn't, I guess I just didn't like meet like know like the two were actually I didn't know that actually she owned um, Brown Box um, so I stumbled across like her first dinner party and like the tickets went like that so I kind of like waited too long but then the second um, dinner party is actually when I met her in person and you know just the food was amazing the atmosphere was amazing and it just was the first time that I didn't have to go to like New York City or think about oh wow my life would probably be more successful if I was in like LA because there's no spaces being held um, for people who are just like open about their usage. Um, and she provided like a safe space and just a great atmosphere. And I was like, I need to be with you forever. <laughs> wow. So we've literally been together um, forever. Yeah, we're, and I just like, I met her and I was like, whatever you need like help with, like I'm here. And I think like she, she wasn't like annoyed, but she was just like, why are you like so keen to help? And I was like, do you need help with setup? Like I would DM her. Um, I wrote a post about my experience at the dinner party because um, it was just the first time I actually just felt like, wow, I can just go out, consume safely amongst like people, amongst my comrades and the people that I know. Um, and once we actually started to really partner together, we did one event in Brooklyn. Um, where, and since we worked so well together, um, it was just like that helped us build our momentum. Yeah, um, and I definitely needed support. You know, I was definitely looking for people to help. But, you know, it was kind of like I was doing this underground thing. So you had to be careful about who you invited. Or like, you know, I just, mm -hmm. it's not like I could just post like, hey, I'm looking for team members, you mm -hmm. know, because it was a little more complicated than that. So... Um, yeah, Farrah was like my first um, real um, like team member and support in that way. I definitely um, also had a chef who was helping me, Victoria, um, but she was the first person to like help me with anything. Like Farrah's done so many different things over the past few years helping me, and I'm just happy like now she has her space. She's our community manager, <laughs> social media person. But you know, going through this, you know, when you're starting a business, it's just like wherever you can help, yeah. you know, so. all hands on deck. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome, and it's it's beautiful to see like two beautiful black women. Oh, thank you. Um, and we're all black, so that's good. We right. also have our store manager live. Um, so, yeah, all of our team members and my business partner, Ty, he's in Dallas right now, but he's also, you know, we're just black owned and yeah, killing yeah. it. Yeah, yes. that's awesome. And I'm definitely, we're def definitely touch more, uh, touch, get more into that um, a little bit later in the episode mm -hmm. because I want to, you know, hear about your guys' experience mm -hmm. in this space. I know there's not many of us in this space. Well, definitely. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that later, but we'll get into mm -hmm. the fun stuff now. Um, so what was your first introduction to the world of cannabis? Do you want to go first? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so my first, I guess my first like official um, introduction to cannabis is actually funny because bef once I started to actually like use like cannabis, I think I was like about like 19 years old. I was like a, a late bloomer um, when it came to like, you know, just like finding a weed man and things like that. Um, and I, my first, first introduction, I want to say that 
it came full spectrum is actually when I got arrested for cannabis um, and it happened just like a, I was on a date basically and we had got pulled over um, and there was weed in the car um, we got arrested and then got court dates and I think just seeing that whole process from the angle of being like black and getting arrested for cannabis as opposed to like my white count like my white friends getting arrested for cannabis was a completely different experience it was very scary because it's like you know it was my first offense I'm just like what's gonna happen to me um and then kind of like through all of that it just made me more like I have to fight for this like something inside of me was just like this isn't right because it's just like if you can consume alcohol why can't you you know like consume cannabis to the to the same extent especially for me, it's just like, it's helping me. Um, and ever since then, ever since I've actually been arrested, it's actually kind of ignited me to be a little bit more vocal about yeah, my activists. usage. Yes, it's just yeah. to help me be, you know, a little bit more um, brave about like my, like just expressive about like my usage. Um, you know, it helped me dig more into like the true like education about it. Um, and normally like, you know, being arrested, you know, you think it, it would stop, but I'm just like, no, I have to, I had to keep fighting for this because I, I believe in the plant. Yeah. What about you, Hans? Um, my first experience with cannabis was, I was a late bloomer too. Um, I grew up in a very strict household, so um, yeah, I wasn't like smoking in the parking lot with my friends after school or nothing like that. And it didn't even occur to me, like I don't know, like I knew about weed, but like I don't know when I just was like, oh, let me try it. But I remember my first time smoking was um, when I was a senior in high school, and we had like a half a day, so like some of the seniors, I went with my friends, and we smoked at my friend's house. Um, and I was so high, and it was just like a really different experience. But it didn't really click for me until um, probably I started cooking, and I just used it to start self-medicating, because when I worked in a couple different restaurants, like the shifts were really long. Like sometimes, like some places I worked at, I would go in at like 1 p.m. and wouldn't leave till like 3 a.m. You know, like different, you know, just very long hours and crazy. Like, I think, like, culinary world could be very, like, masochistic in a way. Like, could be very, like, it's like, why do y'all do, like, why do chefs do what we do? You know what I mean? Like, I've been burned, like, you know, almost chopped my hand off, like, so many different things. But it's a cool back. job, you know? Like, at the end of the day, I love, you know, the look on someone's face when they have a good meal. So um, that was really, like when I started doing it often. Because before it was still, like, very social, and it wasn't something that, like, you know, it wasn't, like, a big part of my life. It was just, like, you know, we're out with friends smoking. It definitely was a gradual thing. Okay. So, like, when I, you know, especially when I started, I started living on my own very early, too. So I feel like when I was in my own space, it became, you know, just more, it just happened more because I had that freedom to do so. Right. And then when I, like, got into the chef world, I was like, oh, no, I need, like, something, you mm -hmm. know? But I'm not a big, I don't like really taking pills and all these different things. Yeah. So it was cannabis for me. Yeah. And then ever since then, I was just like, wow, I could put it in food. And yeah. here I am. So I know that you guys, I actually did a little research. I know that you are currently doing... Um, a petition is that petition still live? Um, it is still live. Um, we're just ha we just have it up um, because um, we had the petition because the city of Orange showed this, our store would be okay because of CBD, but they were trying to ban as we legalized. Um, they were trying to ban THC dispensaries. Right. 
So that would kind of like pinpoint us, you know, like we wouldn't be able to convert this if we wanted to or whatever. Right. So um, we had like town council meetings. Um, we had like uh, community meetings here and they ended up tabling it, which means it's not thrown out, but basically they tabled it. And like what that means is like they could revisit it at any time, mm -hmm. but we're still free to like, there's a dispensary that should be opening soon. Mm -hmm. Um, they're also black owned, but they've been fighting with the city of Orange for like the past couple of years. So if they get granted their license, they could still open, okay. right? So it's kind of like if they open and then Orange bans it, doesn't make sense because they already gave them permission the, you know, permission yeah. exactly. So right now, um, the position is still live. We still, you know, want supporters just in case of anything. We still let people sign, but you know, we're just not promoting it as much. Right. Right. Um. But yeah. Tell me a little bit about this. I know that you mentioned, you know, that you created a space of education, community, and putting wellness, not recreation first. Like, tell me a little bit more about that. You said putting wellness above recreation? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so, I think, it, I can speak for me and Farrah with mm -hmm. the fact that, like, cannabis is a part of, like, our job is to educate people and let them know that cannabis can be just another thing that people use or that you can incorporate to your lifestyle as opposed to everyone just has this idea that we're all like getting high and like not doing anything you know just based on the prop propaganda that's been floating it's like those truth commercials back in the day where like the kids were like on the couch like this is your brain on drugs you know what i mean so when it's really when you really get into the culture like people have been using marijuana for hundreds of years for all sorts of different things and marijuana is so popular because you can turn it into anything you know there are like thousands of products so um, I just want people to know that these products, it's not just like some government um, scam or something like that, but these products really do work, yeah. you know, and it really is about your wellness. Like I'm not, I don't think I'm a recreational smoker. Like I think that I medicate definitely with cannabis, yeah. you know, so I want people to know more about how cannabis can help versus just like, oh yeah, take this to a party or, you know, right. the social settings that you might see weed in. Yeah. So let's get into into like what CBD is for the person that's listening and maybe they've seen CBD maybe like at a Walgreens or like a smoke shop. Like what is CBD and yeah, break down the, the terminology and everything for like the random person that's listening and Gosh, if still I, believe in the truth commercials. If I <laughs> <laughs> your brain on drugs. But you know, if I had to kind of like break it down, like, you know, customers every day um, kind of like come in and they're always a little timid because they're just like, what's the true difference between CBD and THC? And if you just had to break it down and simplistically, like THC is what will get you high, um, meaning that you would be like intoxicated in a sense. Like you would kind of be you know, have, like, loss of cognitive skills. It has skills, a psychoactive maybe. effect. Yeah, yeah, it has sure. a psychoactive effect. You know, that's where the munchies come in and all those type of different things. With um, CBD, there's no psychoactive effect whatsoever. Um, you know, when you do consume, you just feel relaxed. And it's kind of, like, hard when people are just kind of, like, turn their heads, like, what do you mean relaxed? And it's like, exactly. I know it's a hard thing to think about, but it's just, like, it's just so many cannabinoids and there's so many benefits, but like just CBD is just something that you can consume and there's no psychoactive effects um, whatsoever. So, it, And it, it flies more into the wellness versus recreation that you spoke of earlier. Like 
Um, you know, like all of these, what people have to understand is that all of these things are cannabinoids and they're all in the plant. Mm -hmm. CBD is just found um, more prominently in hemp plants and like the THC that we smoke, it has low levels of CBD. Hemp has, that we sell in the store, it has high levels of CBD, very like traces of THC. So CBD, I always say too, like CBD, CBD is actually like getting you healthy and it's actually like addressing the issues that you may have. Whereas I feel like THC helps you forget or suppresses it. But like you often see people, I feel like it's not even an addictive thing. I feel like people are just need to smoke more, like smoke again, because once the high wears off, like that's what they're focused on. They're not focused on just the back pain they're having. Mm -hmm. Right. So like you don't have to get high to solve the back pain. So like, doing CBD may help cure the back pain and you could go about your day. You don't have to worry about being high. Even the same way you have to worry about pain pills being making you drowsy and like mm-hmm. you can't drive irritable. and sleep. Yeah. Irritable, all those things, and very addictive, mm-hmm. you know? So. so tell me a little bit more. I know you mentioned back pain, but what other like symptoms can people potentially take CBD? Um, anxiety. So New York Times made wrote an article about like, is CBD really this magic pill or this magic drug because it helps so many different things we're still trying to figure out all the ways that cbd helps a person but for us we manage a lot of people's um joint and muscle pain um epilepsy autism um, autoimmune disorders like lupus sickle cell like a lot of people are trying to wean themselves off morphine Mm. um so they'll use that um some people have been in morphine their whole lives dealing with sickle cell lupus things like that so they're like tired of it like our generation or maybe not just our generation but a lot of people i think as a society we're trying to go back to like a healthier everything is plant-based and you know organic and blah blah so i feel like the cbd just falls into that category people Mm -hmm. just want to get healthy and people are scared because like the opiate epidemic is very large so people are looking for alternatives yeah um and doctors you know, doctors are realizing it too. Yeah, for sure. So, I know you talked about CBD is different from THC. Are there different kinds of CBD? Um, so in the so there are I wouldn't say that there are different types of CBD, but there are many cannabinoids. So you're going to start seeing. Um, I think you were mentioned delta eight was a question. So you have delta eight, which is THC, but it's a lot, lot less potent. Mm-hmm. Um, you have CBG, CBN, all different types of cannabinoids that you, you might, I don't know, in a couple of years, you might just see a CBG store. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so there are different types of cannabinoids, but um, there's only one, like there's yeah, only like canna, CBD stands for cannabidiol and that's the only cannabinoid. That's the only um, chemical compound um, called that in the plant. But when you look at, if you go to a regular dispensary or if you can ever get your hands on a lab um, result, you'll see all the cannabinoids Mm -hmm. and you'll see which ones they're testing for, like THC, but then you'll see all these other ones. Like there's even like THCV, THCVA, Mm -hmm. and you might like, they're starting, like researchers are starting to figure out which of those cannabinoids are good for different things. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I know I'm a super big CBD advocate myself. Okay. I use it for everything from like anxiety to like when I'm going through, um, you know, like 
being depressed mm-hmm. or um, I'm a former athlete, so there's like lots of pain yeah. <laughs> for both me and my husband. Um, so just using that, using it to manage that. But um, I know that for me, when I was, when I retired for my second time, I was Thank told to like only, <laughs> only use isolate just in case I was going to go back overseas mm-hmm. and oh, then gosh. just in case I was getting, going to get drug tested again. Um, so can you talk about, you know, if somebody does have a job where they may get drug tested or maybe they're on probation and want to be careful? It's a good point um, yeah. because we do have a lot of customers that actually come in. Um, maybe not a lot, but when I first opened a lot, like some of the parole pe- people who were on parole were coming in to get the CBD because they could not do THC. And from their experience, whatever drug test they're doing in New Jersey for it, the CBD didn't come up because it has like traces of THC. So what I tell people is like, use it, you know, like with a grain of salt, you know what I mean? If you are not sure whatsoever, use something like isolate or broad spectrum, which means it has all the cannabinoids, but no THC. Full spectrum means it has all the cannabinoids and THC. So like hemp flower, if you're smoking it, it would be considered um, full spectrum because it has traces of THC in it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's all like kind of like, it's in your hands in a way because you know we have people that smoke it and they get drug tested and it doesn't you know it doesn't come up on the drug test right. so it's I, not what they're cert- like looking yeah. for either like so yeah. say for example like people That's want a good you point. yeah like some like some people who come into the store um they you know like firefighters or police officers anybody who kind of holds like a federal position um they're kind of like not searching for that like there's just like when firstly like when i got drug tested it's just like they were only looking for thc because anything that can like intoxicate you or anything that can yeah they're looking for like cocaine yeah thc like high levels of it too that's why i tell people like the products that we have the federal limit is Mm 0.03 so that anything that we have here that has THC in it it's under that amount and if you're smoking like very you know or you eat a couple gummies you're not gonna fill your drug test you know Um, because I just don't believe that there's enough THC for it to come up right right no that's super helpful because I know that's a common question Mm -hmm. um, especially like you said for people that are have potential to get drug tested Mm -hmm. so I know for you guys, like, how has, when it comes to cannabis, like, directly affected your own mental health? Go first. Yeah, I go first. Um, well, I was diagnosed bipolar at the age of, like, 14. So when it comes to kind of, like, uh, my relationship with cannabis, my when I started to actually, like, you know, kind of mature um, in my usage, I just wanted to kind of get rid of any of my psychoactive medications. Um, I was on anything from lithium to Wellbutrin to Seroquel, which are a lot of, like, um, mood stabilizers and as far as, like, um, antipsychotics. And... I just was tired of like the the side effects that I would feel like you know like there's hair loss there's nausea there's diarrhea it's just kind of like a, a spin of like what you can actually get as far as a side effect when I started to use THC as well as CBD um, to kind of like medicate myself it kind of helped me wean off of those medications and allow me to kind of like just rely on like talk therapy 
um, and kind of like kind of get a hone on like what is actually working for me. So say say for specifically for me, THC is great for me during the day, but I kind of found out that it's just like even just like you know my own body that I can't consume THC at night. Like my mind just at at one point just needs to like wind down because any kind of high dosage of THC during the evening would just like trigger my mania and I won't get any type of rest. Um, so with like kind of mixing THC and CBD into like my wellness plan for myself, it's kind of like, wow, like I found what works for me without having to rely on like big pharma. Right. Um, and you know, I'm really comfortable with always like speaking about it because you just never know like who you might help or who you might educate or who you just may have open a space for because you don't know like who else could be going through like high anxiety, depression, things like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. No, no. <laughs> definitely. I think it was the same for me. Um, I was on like a few antidepressants, and I changed doctors. And this was the first time a psychiatrist was like, maybe you know, because the medical marijuana program was getting more popular, but it was still very strict in New Jersey. So she wanted to um, refer me to someone that could get me into the medical program, but it was like super expensive. So mm -hmm. I'm like, basically you telling me I need to smoke some weed, that would help me. So <laughs> like, that was another, that was another big, um, that's even how I kind of started making the edibles because I was still kind of self-conscious about like smelling like it. Now I don't care, but like before when I first started, I was still like self-conscious. I worked at like BMW Mini Cooper. So I was, you know, it was a very, um, bougie environment right. like I couldn't even wear like piercings like I took all my piercings out everything to work there and so I feel like that was um that was a big part just talking to her and um she kind of started weaning me off I was on a Bilify and Wellbutrin and she started like weaning me off of it first I did the Wellbutrin and then you know, she, I just kind of started seeing her less and less. Like, it went from every week to once, um, like, every other week to once a month over maybe, like, four or five months she monitored me. And then um, she's like, you know, if you ever need me, call me. But, like, she didn't, a lot of, she felt like a lot of my issues were, like, environmental and situational. So, like, once I... You know, once my life got a little bit better and I was less stressed out, um, I wasn't working. Like, I was working, like, two jobs at some time. So, um, you know, she felt the weed was a little bit better for me, and it definitely is. And I feel like more doctors should be interested in it because it is coming. A lot of people are going to start going to their doctors about it. So I feel like if there's more doctors like that who can kind of tell you whether you need something more like stronger, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a big, my half of my family is in the medical field. So I'm a big believer in Western medicine, mm -hmm. but I also believe for myself, you know, weed, like, and I swear to you, like, I don't know, like the misconceptions are crazy because, you know, I do all that I do and weed is a big part of my life, Yeah, you know? So, you know, we're like the opposite because I needed to go to sleep. Right. I don't really need any, like, motivation, like I was saying, to, like, wake up. So, for me to wind down, I need to smoke a blunt. Yeah. To be able to get to sleep. Yeah. And yeah. CBD has made me more responsible. So, I do both, you know? <laughs> and obviously, but CBD has made me more responsible because sometimes I would be smoking all day. And, like, I cook. So, you know, I can't be messing up 
brownies and you know i'll forget the brownies are in the oven but if i could put too much salt in the <laughs> yeah <laughs> like cbd makes me so productive like we're still trying to get edibles i had made like 500 brownies like for this event we were doing <laughs> i just like went od because they said it was gonna be like fifteen thousand people so like i was like super prepared mm -hmm. but i remember i had took like two drops of my tincture and it just like cleared my head and next thing i knew by the afternoon i had all these brownies <laughs> and like i didn't even think about it it wasn't stressful yeah. you know it just really helped me focus yeah it helped yeah. me focus yeah the tinctures are are my go-to yeah for sure mm -hmm. it's like i start feeling stressed out and just put some in some tea mm -hmm. and, and there's so many good ones around. out there just because i do cbd it doesn't mean like you have to buy mine yeah. i would but love we want to you to mine, buy but but yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so we want you to buy mine but i also know i'm not available everywhere so as far as like you guys are in the community and like people coming in and out like what is one really good memorable story that you've had from a customer that's come in tried cbd and had you know like a really good outcome for them oh wow there's so many mm -hmm. my favorite one actually just happened this maybe this past uh sunday um because i can i've connected with her so so much um so she came through and you know she found us off instagram um she's a, a mother of two and she just came in kind of like crying um, and she was just kind of like just overwhelmed with like mommy life um, and you know just like getting support from her husband and things like that and she was like I just want something that will just like calm me down um, and you know just like talking to her because she was just like I know I want to smoke but I can't smoke um, because she just like was more so concerned about like the smell um, and I think what's always a delight for me is kind of like just guiding somebody to like what they want to consume because mm -hmm. um, a lot of people just come in saying like oh what do you recommend it's just like what i need for myself is not what you're gonna need for like like for you yeah 100%. um and i think just like connecting to like parents is always like a joy for me um because just like yes pop parent gang like yes <laughs> um and i just kind of like love when moms or like even like dads come in kind of like searching for on a, a like an alternative for like their wellness um she ended up getting like tinctures and a bath bomb but like just kind of like just talking to her is kind of like basically um it's just the <laughs> it's just like um you know like the stresses that we kind of deal with we barely talk about and i think um she kind of like thanked us for or just like kind of thanked us you know even though i was just helping her she just kind of thanked that whole establishment for just offering like a safe space and it's great for me because it just reminds me like why you know i stepped out on faith to kind of like just just be here full time um because there's so many parents out there there's so many veterans out there there's just so many people um, out there who need this um, as an alternative to kind of help them on their wellness journey. So kind of like to do that every day with each customer always feels great. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think I really hope that people out there try at least at least get to your page and get some information. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, if you're in the area, definitely come through. But um, what I want to talk about is the presence of having um, black people, particularly black women in this industry. Like I know that there was a 2017 survey from Marijuana Business Daily that found that 81% of cannabis business owners and founders were white. The proportion of Hispanic and Latino owners and founders was 5.7, 5, 5.3 um, were black and 2.4 were Asian. So how important is it for you guys to be in this space? Um, super important, <laughs> um, but I think that 
that those statistics come from a couple different things. The first one being primarily what I've learned is that, you know, it's so funny that there's so many um, stereotypes with black people, and black people are actually super conservative. We're very conservative. Um, we've also been the highest um, prosecuted, so a lot of people, a lot of black people just don't get into it because they have very negative experiences and negative ties to it. So I feel like it even sometimes has less to do with the money and like it's cannabis is a hard industry to get into, but it's not as impossible as some other industries. So I think that some black people don't just don't because they're not interested. But I think the other part of it is because I went the CBD route because number one at the time, New Jersey was not legal. I didn't know when they were going to become legal and to even play the game in New Jersey for a THC dispensary, they wanted a $20,000 application fee, and you needed to be showing almost $2 million liquid, and they want you to have experience, which means that you have to go and talk to other multi-state operators, like we're doing now in Colorado and all these places that are doing it already. So my my black market experience like is null and void. It doesn't matter mm. what I was doing, my CBD store, whatever. They want to see that we're like we have team members who have been in like in the legalized cannabis space mm -hmm. for a certain amount of time and are successful in it. Um, you can't. It's very hard to like create a brand. It's easy to open the dispensary, but it's hard to like create a brand, get that licensing, and do like kind of be vertically integrated like with how brown box is like making their products doing the manufacturing all that mm -hmm. um so i think that you know i just am doing whatever i can right now and i still think that cbd is super important so i think that it's its own thing i don't even know if we'll convert the store because i feel like it will dilute people from who really do need cbd you know what I mean? I don't want CBD to be shadowed under... Because, like, if we put CBD and THC in the same space, like, we did that event. We mm -hmm. brought the CBD and the THC to the event, and we made, like, $4,000 on edibles and, like, $1,000 on CBD. Right. You know what I mean? Different, yeah. yeah, and they're totally different customers. Yeah. From a business standpoint, totally different customers. Um, everything is different. So... Um, but I still think it's important for black people to try. But for us, or for me rather, it's about the education first. Mm -hmm. You know, being at the forefront of anything, you're going to get a lot of naysayers. And, you know, like I argue with more black people than I do white people, to right. be honest with you. Yeah, because there's so much stigma still around it. And I think it's just like, like Tamaz was saying, there's so much fear around it. Because it's just like, I know when like my, like for me to like tell my mom that like, oh, at, like, 31, I'm going to be, like, leaving my job at the hospital to kind of work, you know, full-time in the cannabis industry, the first thing her mind went to was when I got arrested for cannabis. So it's always, like, that fear, you know, but we can't, I think the baby boomer generation just kind of let fear overwhelm them, where it's kind of like us, you know, like, I don't want to split the generations, but, like, millennials are just like, no. Like, and I think it's a like, lot of propaganda. I think the baby boomers yeah. and, like, the couple generations before yeah. us, like, to tell them that you're leaving your job and, like, yeah. you're gonna go work for yourself. You're think you're like, crazy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, I don't, yeah, I think that there was, you know, it's just, they're not used to exactly. it, whereas us, we have so we're like fancy you know we're savvy on instagram social media has opened up a different like now we can do business on social media and you know i think that all of that helps us you know but like they're just not interested in um you know they're like i've been at my job 35 years like i don't know anything about 
working for myself. It sounds really scary to them, you know? It really does, but I think that it's important either way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You somebody has to do it. So I just said like and I'm the type of person when I need something, I don't know, like I'll put it in my hands. I started making edibles because I couldn't find nobody that made edibles. Yeah. I could find everybody that sold weed, yeah. but you know, some of the restaurants I worked in I couldn't go in there either. Like every part of my life I worked somewhere where like it you know, I couldn't just be smelling like weed or like they definitely would have said something, you know. Yeah. So edibles were like super inconspicuous it was oh i was like oh i could just take a little gummy and be chill and i'll be high for much longer too so yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i want to go back to like talking about the difference in generations i know that for me like my parents are very much i don't want to say they're not really conservative no my mom's not conservative but they go they have a lot of aches and pains and like my dad's a chef so he's up on his feet and has been for like See, decades. He knows. Yeah. Right. My mom is like still an athlete like in her 60s and is super super active mm-hmm. and it's like running around town. <laughs> it's um, like her mom. Her mom's yeah. been a track coach for years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you get what I'm saying? Exactly. Like my mom doesn't stop. No. Yeah. Like she came to visit me and we were at kickbox class. <laughs> so Yeah, Pilates um, all day. Yeah, so but for them, I mean, it's a lot of like, oh I went to the doctor, the doctor said to take this. It's not really working, or like now my stomach hurts, or mm-hmm. you know, so I think sometimes it takes us being the gateway and having being open minded because I've gotten both of them to start taking CBD. Nice, um, nice. My mom was like, oh, I took my CBD gummings like an hour ago. <laughs> and that's the thing is like when, when they're op- like when a lot of people, especially like the older generation, when once they try it, then they're hooked. Yeah. yeah. They and love they're it. Good. They're like, why wasn't I doing this before? Exactly. They're just trying to tell you. Yeah, exactly. That's you know? my mom is. My mom won't like inject, like she won't, she still won't take a gummy, she still won't smoke, but like she'll do like bath bombs, she'll have the pain cream. Yeah. Um, she, gave, she gave my grandmother like the tincture because uh, she suffers from um, Alzheimer's and dementia so it kind of helps her at rest but it's just like kind of like once you and I hate to say this but like I think once my mom started to see like the success of the business that's yeah. when she also started to believe like when she saw like when she walked into the store even like the Maplewood store was like a little bit very um, much so like more of a like, petite boutique yeah, we didn't know um, what we were getting into, so we got a really small space and realized that that wasn't going to work. Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> so when she saw like this much grander space and like kind of like she just made it more so of a believer, mm-hmm. even though it was a little discouraging because it's just like you like you didn't see the vision before, like but right. people never think, do. Yeah, so they just have to see you know like people talk about it. They had to see you know like your follower count, and it's just like they had to but, see it come to life. Yeah, yeah. it's like. Yeah. It's like that's gonna be like most of the time. Like if you're just trying to open up a business or you just have a vision for yourself, not everybody's gonna see it. So you kind of have to be like your own applause sometimes to kind of keep yourself going. Yeah, and I definitely have people who I never thought would be doing um, or even using CBD. True. You know, like my um, yeah, my family, like my mom and my stepfather are super. You know, like he came from like the Midwest and he's just like very straightforward. And it was so nice because on my birth, my birthday was in June, and um, my grandmother had mailed me a card from St. Louis, mm-hmm. and it was like a happy birthday card, and she was saying like, they gave me the pain cream, and I'm just letting you know that I work so well. Like she wrote this really nice card, and it was like amazing because these are people who like. We'd be in family group chats debating about, because Illinois just went recreational. No, so one of my aunts was like, let's try family. Like, let's let's put our money together. And, you know, like, my grandmother was like, 
you know, in the name of Jesus, like, we don't do no kids, you know, like, just no, I don't do drugs, like, yeah. you know, just very, the devil's leaving. yes, the <laughs> devil's, you know, just going in, I'm like, you know, and I don't have that argument with people, I just don't, I just yeah. tell them how I feel, and I knew that this was a path that I was going to have to walk, for the most part, alone, yeah. you know, um, so it was good to find people like Farah who, are definitely helping me through because it definitely was not my family. Yeah. I think everybody thought I was crazy. Yeah. And I really had to educate the generations. Now my grandfather's calling me like, do you have this CBD roll on? Like, can you find it? So <laughs> they love it. You know, yeah. kind of like your parents were like, they don't, they just, you know, and it's not a lot of side effects. So that's what they love the most. Mm -hmm. Or that, you know, you don't have to do a tincture or gummies or nothing. You could yeah. take, you know, do something topical, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, definitely. And so as far as like cannabis, I know we talked a little bit about the justice system and how we just kind of dipped our toe in it. But like where does cannabis and social justice and equity and equality like intersect for you guys? Oh, I've had this conversation a lot. Like social <laughs> equity comes up a lot. Yeah. And for us, what we what I came to the conclusion is like the best way um, that we can show justice is by expanding within our community. Yeah. So everybody's not going to be able to open up a shop, but if people are interested, I feel like you can give like stock options in your company. You can start making employees more like owners, mm -hmm. you know, like partners. And, you know, you can't help the whole community, but you can definitely help a few that are serious about it. And I think that that's like the greatest justice because, you know, unfortunately, is you know, we can't, go to Supreme Court and get and free all the homies, you know? Like, it's, it's <laughs> not that simple. <laughs> but we can just, but we can help those, you know, like, that are around us and help our community by opening up the space. And I feel like that's the biggest way that we can make um, everything socially equitable mm -hmm. and, you know, financially equitable, too. I feel like, you know, just create more black-owned business. Mm -hmm. Like, and if they can't do it themselves, then they could be, you know, if they're interested, you know, be a part of yours. So, yeah. and just in general, like sharing, yeah. you know, like education, information has always in every part of history been the barrier between people yes. and their freedom. Yes. Like that's why we just celebrated Juneteenth is mm -hmm. because those slaves didn't even know for two years that they were free. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's kind of the same thing here where we can educate everyone and even if the cannabis, the cannabis industry is going to be white, you know, like they have the money, they yeah. are in, they've been in, yeah, and yeah. you know, we just don't have like the same kind of generational wealth, like, mm -hmm. I have like Jewish dad giving me like two mil at the bar mitzvah, you know, yeah. like, because <laughs> like here, a lot of dispensaries are owned by Jewish, not even Caucasian people, you know, yeah. so whatever the situation is, I feel like we just, um, you know, we just can help in any way, like mentor and just that's what Brown Box is here for. We're really not here for the money. If it was about that with CBD, we would have been out a long time ago. You know, like, right. it's much harder to sell than, than THC, but we're here. You yeah. Know, so. Yeah, I think even, like, with just, like, the social justice side, um, I think it's just been, it's been a fight, but then it's also been kind of, like, worth the battle 
at, at the same time. Like when we, you know, we were like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we're great. Like all of our um, team members are like full time. And then all of a sudden, like you have Orange knocking on our door saying like, hey, we want to actually, um, I know you've been open for like about a year, but we kind of want to um, close your shop down. And it's just like, but to kind of see the power of community kind of like back you was like a very like beautiful thing. Like we had, um, you know, I just like did like an outreach, like, hey guys, they're trying to like tear us down. Could you just like send an email real quick? And then I think like- They had the, to read like an hour the, worth yeah. of emails in the really? town hall meeting. It was like 87 That's emails. Awesome. And they only gave us like a 45 minute window to actually like reach out to people so that they can email on our behalf so, 45 minutes yeah they did everything real last minute like everything was just like pulled out of like the wazoo and like they were talking about i'm like what wow. they're trying to ban cannabis and on 420 it was just really like a lot and it was just really dramatic when i look back on it but yeah and a lot of those people are older black people there's like one one other race on the council the really? other six people mm -hmm. are black and they are of those people that are like, we don't do, we can't have weed in the community. And we just had to give them a lot of different information. Yeah. Like, you can't stop. You won't be able to, because um, New Jersey will have a light, has a license for delivery. Mm, okay. So a lot of people made the point, like, you can stop dispensaries from being here, but you're not going to be able to stop deliveries from happening in Orange. Right. So mm -hmm. either way, people will get the product. Like, no matter what. But you're going to lose out on the taxes if you don't open up businesses <laughs> within your community. Right. It's also super... It's, it's not equitable in a lot of ways because it also... It's not just about us, but, like, disabled people. Like, people wrote emails about how it's, like, they never think about disabled people and how these people have to sometimes find an uber to get across town like somebody if they even they have to like you know they have their wheelchair like getting around is not easy mm -hmm. they don't have a car they can't drive and it would be really great to just have something right here like around the corner yeah, you know so accessible. i didn't even think about it until people brought that up as a point mm -hmm. how people are like struggling they're like you know ubers won't take us because we have wheelchairs and things right. like that so you know, it's not an easy thing when you have to go to Montclair. Montclair. Oh, like, I'm sorry. Well, for, for the listeners, like travel like, you know, 30 minutes. Yeah, out, I would like, say 30 minutes out the way just to get the weed that they need. Right. You can just like easily just go down the street or just have it delivered, you know, to you within your community. Right. Um, and I think that it just, once we start to sit down and have the panels and like produce like the education or like even like hear the concerns from like, you know, different people, it was just like, it always comes down to the lack of education that people have. Right. Like the questions that you were asking, like, oh, what's the difference between THC and like CBD or, and, and we had to fight because it's just like, I don't think there's so much fighting when it's a liquor store being opened up or another gentleman's store, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a gentleman's store, like a gentleman's bar kind of like being opened up in our neighborhoods, but you're like, so you're so concerned. Um, without even having like the education or even doing your due diligence to come into the store. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, um, you know, we're, we're very open, you know, we're very like, you know, ask us anything because that's what we're basically here for because so many people do have like that lack of education and lack of knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. And we're here because we, before the store even opened, like when Ma's kind of like share, like, oh, I'm kind of like, you know, doing a CBD store, are you down? I was like, yes, let me just Google what CBD is. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, just kind of like, even like, you know, reading books and finding out education. Um, 
you know, about it. And it's just like, wow, like another kid, like, thank you for more education that I have so that I can share. Yeah, I was amazed. <laughs> and when I had went to my friend's shop, like, cause you know, a lot of stuff I discovered just by people book me for caterings and things. So I had did, I started doing all these events at my friend Steve's shop and I was like, wow. Like he was like educating me about CBD and I was just like, I didn't even, you didn't even know. You didn't even think about it. Or, like, I started CBD, started seeing, like, hemp and CBD in really weird places, like the gas station and all this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know any, like, he was the first place I went where it was just, like, a CBD shop. It wasn't, like, a smoke shop that just had, you and know, like, like some CBD around. Yeah. Like, but just, it was a place focused on selling CBD. And I thought that was so, it was also a major, um, I was like, wow, you don't have to. I was like, wow, like you could open up a CBD dispensary. Because mm-hmm. what was interesting to me is that the products were just as expensive as um, THC. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you selling HC here for $50. It don't get me high. But I tried it and I understood. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just a different form. I don't think it should be cheaper because it doesn't get you high. Right. You yeah. know, it's still, um, and it's expensive still, you know, for it's a business owner to you know, give a person quality CBD because mm-hmm. there's a lot of CBD, but like, you know, like people, people put whatever on a label, you know, yeah. so or whatever on Amazon. Yeah. Like, Talk to us exactly. a little bit about that. Like if I'm looking for CBD, let's say I can't for some reason access um, brown box. Like how do I tell the difference? I know for myself, I just look at labs and make sure that. Yeah. Like, what um, do you, you guys Yes. Yeah, you, well, that's what you, you just want to like look for the reputable companies. Um, there are some companies who, are just known for CBD too. Um, I just wouldn't get it from like Quick Check or somewhere, you know, like a convenience store, a 7-Eleven, or even a smoke shop, because they're there to sell, you know, paraphernalia, and they just have the CBD there because they could sell it, but their employees are not um, educated, nor do you know where they're getting it from. Right. So um, I would... Um, I don't want to like promote other companies, but <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you can always, I'll say one that we were using here, Joy Organics. Um, she does all THC free isolate products. Um, and we just, I guess I just knew from other recommendations and just, you could, I'm a big reader and researcher. So I'm the type I'll read 15,000 Amazon reviews. I will, you know, see what's going on. I'll Google everything, Gax Vara. Like, I will find out. All the out. articles. <laughs> I will find know? out. Yeah, I would text her, like, did you know this? But <laughs> that's how I found, you know. And, you know, or going to, like, another, you know, like, there are good CBD shops. Mm-hmm. Most CBD shops sell other brands. We wanted to be kind of, like, vertically integrated yes. so that I could tell you exactly where the product came from, like, the honey or the tincture, because I make it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I was selling a bunch of, when I go into some places, I'm like, how do you know how this stuff works if, like, you have 100 different wholesalers or, like, 100 different brands? So that's what I wanted to do for us. And um, I would just think that some of the good indications, like you said, are the labs. Like, if they can't provide you lab work, I would say that lab work is the start um, to just make sure that, because a lot of people will say it's 1,500 milligrams, but just like any other drug, they'll cut it, mm-hmm. you know, on the street, as opposed to like our tincture is 100%. Like when we say it's 1,000 milligrams of CBD, I physically measure out 1,000 milligrams for that batch, or to make sure that each one, oh, I'm sorry, is correct, <laughs> so... So like serious. <laughs> no, I'm serious. One thousand. Like, <laughs> yes, but because you have them and, pe- and people are like, they'll either go to like 
some placebo where they think it's working and then it's not working. But I'm like, some of the stuff that's being advertised in the market doesn't even have as much CBD as it's saying. So of yeah. course it's not working. Yeah, definitely. So Maz, I know you're a chef. Like, tell me, what's your favorite thing to cook? Um, I get that question a lot, and I don't really have a favorite thing to cook. Okay, top um, three. But I am, I will say I specialize in soul food. Okay. So I am a soul food chef. Um, I love anything that is farm to table mm -hmm. as far as, like, I love um, going to get a lot of, like, local produce and things like that. I like to know exactly, like, I like, I'm a chef from, like, if I could butcher my own meat, I would have a whole farm, <laughs> right? Um, I'm getting there, but you know what I mean, like, that I would say. And soul food is really a lot more farm to table, like the mac and cheese and all of those things that we eat, that is just like a couple dishes. Mm -hmm. But like when you really get into soul food as a cuisine, it goes so far. You know what I mean? Okra and all different types of very healthy things too. Yeah. You know? So I would just say I love to cook soul food. That's my favorite thing. And I also like to make meals that are like super simple, mm -hmm. kind of like fire. I think that's where we connected to. Mm -hmm. um, I like to make, I just like, you know, your favorite things, I just like to make them a little better, spice them up. <laughs> you know? Like so, like, it's like, if you have a mac and cheese, I might be able to get you on my mac and cheese. Okay. You know? So, I like it. But just in general, yeah, I just love, I love to cook um, I think she loves food general. that kind of like just brings people together. Yeah. I think that's what it was just like. Like, I'm not, I'm definitely not a fine dining chef. Yeah. Um, I don't like, I like to eat at those places, but it's not my, like, um, it wasn't something where I wanted to grow in. Mm -hmm. I like kind of like home cook. You know, we're all at a table and I'll put out all these dishes and we yeah. just go in. Everybody gets mm -hmm. a big ass spoon and just start exactly. cooking everything. Yeah. Exactly. And I try to make it a little healthier. Like my favorite things are to try to make things like, um, like I make this great kale that everyone loves. Jeez. You know, like why does it taste like collard greens and like there's no meat in it whatsoever. You know, just little things like that. I mm -hmm. just love to... I like to remix the stuff. Like I said, I like when I don't find something that I like, I need to figure it out. So yeah. I just put it in my hands. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've had a lot of potato salad, so let me try to do Switch my own potato salad. <laughs> like, That's amazing. Oh yeah. So. so if you guys are, you know, like I know that you're doing a lot of, well, you were doing community events, and then you guys said the city kind of came in, shut it down, you guys had to come back, but I did see that you posted something about a movie night. Yes, we're doing a movie night here on the 10th. Okay. Yeah. Farah, <laughs> our committee manager, put it all together. Yeah, so I just wanted, um, I think at this certain time, like, we wanted to have, like, you know, panels in here and things like that, and then when the city of, Ar since we're such, like, a, we're still a small staff, we're like a staff of four, yeah. um, and when the city of Orange was kind of like trying to tear us down. We had to kind of like pivot, like all of our attention just had to go like to outreach, um, you know, like being in panels. Sometimes there's only one person at the store because three people have to be kind of like facilitating, um, you know, like the meetings and things like that. So now that they kind of like tabled it, we we're like, thank God, because like now we can do what we kind of set out to do. Um, a movie night was just something that I was just like, you know, you know, the weather is getting nice. Um, and it's just like something that's like fun and like communal that like, you know, you can come in here, we can educate you and then we can have like some fun treats that Maz is gonna make. Um, and then kind of like going forward, we kind of like just want to have like more 
things that we can like just open our doors for the community. Like um, in August, we're doing like a movies under the stars in our courtyard. Um, you know, hopefully we're just kind of like be launching like a book club so like people can come. Yeah, and showing how you can kind of use cannabis in all forms of your life. Mm-hmm. So kind of doing like movie nights and things that you might do normally, mm. like game nights and things, but incorporating cannabis. Um, because I feel like a lot of people. Or I don't know, like, I just want people to see how we use cannabis in all sorts of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can have a movie night and your popcorn is, like, kind of special, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, you know, like, even traveling with it, a lot of people leave their cannabis behind, but, like, showing how, you know, just having information about how you could travel mm-hmm. and, like, just any way, like, we want to be the poster child for cannabis, you know, yeah. and not, like, in a recreational way, but it's, like, I can't leave home without my tincture, so this is how I pack it, for mm-hmm. example, or whatever, um and just i feel like the events especially now that corona has kind of lifted i know it was like y'all are in florida so i don't know how you were like corona was like regular it was like yeah wasn't like everybody (laughs) was doing their thing in florida but now people in florida don't think corona exists anymore so covid19 what in florida nobody cares (laughs) yeah (laughs) but here it was so bad like it was very very strict so now we're kind of like back open um so and you know we were doing events before um, and I just, and one reason I stopped doing events in the past too, because I didn't have the space. So now that I have the space, I feel like I'm going to take advantage of mm-hmm. having my own space and using it and not letting it go to waste. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And kind of like, like, you know, like rebirthing, like this is like a safe space, you know, for people mm-hmm. to, you know, like consume. And if you just want to come by, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want people to feel like we're just trying to sell you weed. Yeah. yeah. You know, like this is a space for you to come, tell us what's wrong, tell us what's going on. Like we're not therapists either, but we're somewhere in the middle because you know like Farah said people come in here crying I'm on Google Translate with people um, mm. that don't speak English wow, that's yeah. okay you know what I mean but like their doc, some of them their doctors were like they'll, they'll give me a piece of paper <laughs> with like I found your store because my doctor said I needed such and wow. such so that's what happened last week this guy was Spanish I don't speak well Spanish mm-hmm. so I had to explain to him the tincture I was doing it right on my phone, you know what I mean? But just making sure that even if he didn't buy anything, I just wanted him to know. And he ended up buying the tincture too, you know? But I just wanted, you know, I I wanted to be a great space for everybody, not just like I don't speak any of these languages. So, yeah. Accommodating for everybody. Exactly. Yeah, I guess that's what it is too. Yeah, just accommodating. It's like, yeah, don't go up the street. We got you. We'll figure it out. You know, right? <laughs> that's awesome. And like for anybody yeah. that's listening, that's not in New in New Jersey. Um, so you ship too. Yeah. So you guys ship. I know mm-hmm. that you guys are really close to New York. So if you guys aren't familiar with like the proximity, um, I just took a drive down from Connecticut and came down here to Jersey. And it was a really quick drive. So if you fly into New York for whatever reason or you're in the space around, try to come and visit Brown Box. But if they can't get here like how else can they get um, in touch with you guys how can they put an order in or give you guys a call oh yeah so you can um you can always give us a call we our phone lines are all well not always open but like you know we're open from tuesday to saturday uh, tuesday to sunday um and then you can reach us through you know dm you can give us a call 
Um, our website is going to be up soon, so that's going to be like another way. But we do. Um, I promise can... y'all it'll be a great website. It's been <laughs> taking a long time, but we're almost there. You know, people. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Best things take a little longer. Exactly. Yeah. So you can all, if you're in the area um, in New Jersey, you can always like stop in. We always love people coming in live. But, you know, if you want to vis- visit us on Instagram, we're more than happy to, you know, chat through DMs. Or, you know, like emails, uh, info at brownbox.com. You know, we can always guide you to, like, you know, where you need to be. Yes, and I will make sure everything that you guys need is in the description. As far as um, address, contact information, you guys will have a link to their Instagram. Um, And, yeah, make sure that if you guys have questions about CBD, like Farrah and Ma said, make sure you hit them up. Um, If you're in the area and you're interested in Brown Box Kitchen and getting some goodies from Chef Ma's, um, <laughs> yes, you can. That is a separate Instagram. It's Brown Box Kitchen, and the same method. You can just DM us. We do have a little bit of a membership application for Brown Box Kitchen, but super simple. And we're open the same Tuesday through Saturday, um, and we deliver all through New Jersey. Yes, mm-hmm. awesome. Well, thank you, ladies. I really appreciate of it. Of course, thank I'm you for coming by. Yes, and um, yeah, I'm excited to get in all the way from Florida. All the goodies. Yes, <laughs> but thank you guys, and thank you to everybody listening in that tuned into this episode. Um, this was awesome. I definitely have been looking forward to doing an episode like this, and I've been searching for particularly black women that are in this space that are willing to like spread the word and educate. So I'm really glad that I found you too. I'm thank thankful you. for you guys. Thank you. Um, and I just wish you guys all the best. Thank I will you. be supporting afar from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, thank you to everybody that's tuned in. Um, thanks for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety Too. All right, see ya. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety Too. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety Too and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal.